That's what's that really what missions is all about. Because he loves us, we'll go. And because he loves us, we'll give. And uh, the whole thing is a co-labor. And uh, we had a good discussion in our Sunday school class this morning about that. We're, we're talking about stewarding the gospel or being good managers of the gospel. And uh, the fact is, there is uh, no one that should not get the gospel. It is up to us. You say, well, how can we give the gospel to people in China? They're called missionaries. How can we give the gospel to people in Canada if we never go there? Missionaries. How do we give the gospel to folks in Winston-Salem and Lexington? We hand them the gospel or we run a bus or we uh, start a Spanish ministry. It, it, we make it very complicated, but it really isn't. It's either we do this because he loved us, right, or we don't. It's, it's really a matter of obedience. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can't go to China. We have people that go to China. And so we support them financially and pray for them to go and do what we cannot do. And uh, they can't, they need us, right? And we need them. They need us to help them get there. We need them to help us carry out Acts 1-8 in places we may not go. So it's a good partnership. And God, God does all things well. His plan is perfect. And so uh, that's what Mission Sundays are all about. And so it's good to have... Again, Brother Snyder and his dear wife, Barb, and, and of course the Brown family, and pray for uh, the Grover family. Uh, we met them when we were in Montana. Now, they were going to be here today, but uh, they've got some sickness. So lift them up in prayer. And so, Brother Snyder, if you'll come preach to us this morning. I've already heard what a great job he did in Sunday school this morning. And uh, so no pressure, but uh, at least give us uh, better than what you gave in Sunday school. All right, thank Amen. you, preacher. That's a good thing, all right? Well, pastor's already done the introduction to my message, so take your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter number 14. And uh, while you're turning there, let me say to you, I've mentioned this in Sunday school, but I want to say it because there's more of you here now. Thank you, church, for <clears throat> supporting Barb and I, for making us part of your missions family, for allowing us to do what God has called us to do. We really indeed count it a privilege to be part of your missions family. So thank you, thank you, and thank you again. And then just generally, your partnership in missions and all that God's doing around the world, it's ex we, these are exciting days. Some people say they're scary days. Well, maybe a little, but man, they're exciting because right. God is a ways at work all around the world. Um, God has taken us on a, an amazing journey in our lives. For those of you who are not familiar with us, I'll give you a really Reader's Digest version of our testimony, and then we'll jump into the Word of God this morning. Both of us were saved when we were children, grew up in Christian homes, so thankful for that. Met in Bible college, and God took us to the field of Alaska. We spent 10 years in Alaska as church planters there. First of all, working with some missionaries to establish Lighthouse Baptist Church in Juneau, Alaska. And then God moved us to Talkeetna, Alaska, and He helped us to establish Talkeetna Baptist Church. Thought we'd be in Alaska for the rest of our lives, but God had some plans we didn't know about. And uh, over 20 years ago now, we moved from Alaska to the Chattanooga, Tennessee area where I became the far north director with BIMI. 
did that for seven years, thinking I'd do that for the rest of my life. But uh, God had some other plans there. And now for well over 13 years, uh, I have served as the president and general director of BIMI. And some, by the way, may think, okay, Brother Snyder, I'm trying to put this together in my head. You said that we as a church support you, but you are the president of BIMI. And I know pastor thinks I'm famous because people know me in the airport I'm not, okay? <laughs> I'm really not. But besides that, the way BIMI is set up, I as the president, our vice president, all of our field directors, they do not, we do not receive a salary from BIMI. We raise our support just like the rest of our missionaries. So today when I talk about living by faith, it's not just something I read in a book, all right? So we are thankful for how God has used us. We're looking forward to how he will use us in the future. We are living in the last days of the last days, and I'm looking for God to do some great and some mighty things. How's that going to happen? Well, <clears throat> faith. Faith. You say, show me God's plan for the next 10 years. I can't do it. I don't know what it is, but I just know the next step God has for me to take, and he's going to show you your next step. And as we take that step one step, at a time, by faith, trusting Him, God will accomplish some great things. And that's the message I have for you today. It's a message about faith, Peter's example of faith. In this passage of Scripture, it's an interesting passage, one I think you probably know well. <clears throat> there are some lessons for you and I today when it comes to missions. Verse 22 of Matthew 14, the Bible says, And straightway, and I'll mention here this is just after the feeding of the 5,000. So imagine having been part of that miracle. Straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit! And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this passage of Scripture. Thank you for Peter's example of faith. Help us to learn some lessons today from the example that he sets for us. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us as we've come here to your house now. Lord, help us to set aside the cares of this life. Lord, those things that might distract us from the message that you have for us, Lord, would you please, would you please help us to focus now on you and on your word. Lord, as your messenger today, help me to be hidden behind your cross, hidden behind you, Lord. Use me, Lord, in a way that's well beyond me. Lord, please empty me of myself so that I might be filled with your spirit. Lord, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. As we think about faith this morning, if I were to go around the auditorium and ask each of you, give me a definition of faith. How would you define faith? We probably would all give a little different definition, but it'd be very similar. I, uh, I think back when I was a child in Sunday school, the acrostic they gave us for faith was forsaking all, I trust him. That always comes to my mind. I think about that. That's pretty good. But I think in the end, we would all come back to Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You cannot get a better definition or description of faith than that because it comes straight from God's Word. But here's what I want you to focus on today when we talk about faith and Peter's example of faith. It's an aspect of faith that I want you to consider, and I don't know, you, I have the privilege of knowing what the message is before I get up here, and some of the songs today were all about this. The pastor's introduction to my message was all about this, okay? Here, here's what I want you to think about. Faith is not believing in spite of evidence, but obeying in spite of consequences. All right? It's not just trying really hard to believe even though we can't see something with our physical eyes, a lack of evidence. It's just simply obeying no matter what the consequences are. And that's where Peter serves as a great example to you and I. You say, now, Brother Snyder, you know, Peter messed up. Yeah, he did. So do I. <laughs> so do you. Aren't you glad God gives us imperfect examples to look to? Amen. Understanding that, hey, yeah, we're going to mess up. So you say, yeah, Brother Snyder, he, he sunk. Yeah, but can I just mention this? He walked on the water. Right. That's an amazing thing to me. That excites me. So let's focus on that. And here's the three things that I want you to see about his faith today. Number one, I want you to see Peter had a serving faith. He just served the Lord. Number two, Peter had a special faith. He's the one that got out of the boat and walked on the water. But then also I want you to see that Peter had a saving faith. And he had no problem publicly professing that faith to the whole world. So first of all, Peter's serving faith. Verse 22, the Bible says that Peter did what Jesus told all the disciples to do. It says Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. I just make mention, this is something they had done before. This was, if you will, a simple command, something that was kind of normal, everyday kind of routine for them. But it's important to notice here that they obeyed what Jesus said to do. I remind us this morning, we as his disciples, we are to do that which he instructs us to do. Sometimes it's that common, ordinary, everyday things that we do as Christians, but we're to be faithful in doing them. A couple of things I wrote down here to, to mention this morning. Number one, baptism. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but you've never had a time where you followed Him in believer's That's baptism, right. let me encourage you, get with somebody today. Talk with pastor, talk with somebody, say, hey, let's get this scheduled because that is the first step of obedience for a Christian. It is a serving faith, just doing what Jesus said to do, to be baptized. Here's another one, number two, church membership and faithful church attendance. Oh, how important it is to be in the house of God. You know, it's interesting. I remember in Alaska, I'd go out and literally out in the woods trying to knock on doors. It's a whole different world there than it is here. Let me tell you that, okay? But I would go and I would talk to folks about coming to church and, hey, would you come to church? And sometimes I would get this response. Well, preacher, you know, I can worship God in the woods just like I can in the church house. Can I just say this? <laughs> 
Yes, we can worship God in the woods. I've done that before. I had a gun in my hand when I did. Okay, it's possible. But you missed the whole point of the book of Hebrews. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And can I say the day is approaching. How selfish it is to say, well, I can get my church on TV. I can get it on the Internet. I can get it on the radio. Hey, listen, you've missed the point. We need to be gathering together, not just for what we can get, because we do get the Word of God, but also for what we can give as we exhort one another. Oh, how important to have a serving faith. Here's another one. Uh Uh-oh. Tithing. Oh my, here we go. Preacher's talking about money. Hey, can I just encourage you? This is just a simple act of obedience. That which God gives to us, 10%, the tithe, it belongs to Him. Don't rob God. Give it to Him. You say, I don't know if that'll work. I'm telling you, it'll work because it's God's plan. Been doing it all my life. And I can say over and over again how God has blessed because of obedience. A serving faith. And then we'll just mention this quickly because that's what this Sunday is about, the Great Commission. You realize God has commanded every single one of us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. You say, how's that going to happen? It's going to happen by faith as we step out in obedience and obey Him. Now, here's what I want you to see. As Jesus sent forth His disciples to do that which He commanded them to do, verse 23 says this, He went up into a mountain apart to pray. Think about this. Jesus was praying for them. That's That's an amazing thing. Uh, He was there. He was alone. He was praying. I'll tell you what. We know that Jesus knew the storm was coming because he's God. And I believe he was praying for those disciples because he knew they were about ready to enter into that storm. Here's something I take comfort in. As we have a serving faith and do all of those things that he tells us to do, he is praying for us as we obey him. What a wonderful thing to think about. Romans uh, chapter 8 talks about this. Paul says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. (laughs) I can't think of a better person to be praying for me. The Bible says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Or can we add here in the context, or storm? (laughs) As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, and all these things, Paul says, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And Paul says, you know what? I'm not done. He says, I'm not, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. And can we say, nor storm shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, what a wonderful thing to know he prays for us. But can I, can I remind you of something? We're still going to go through storms. You realize, think about this. You realize that these disciples in that boat, in the center of this storm, were right in the very center of God's will. Jesus had said, you go. He knew the storm was coming. Listen, these health and wealth, prosperity, gospel, false preachers of today who would have you to believe that, well, if you just try and serve God, everything will be wonderful. They're lying. The Bible says there are going to be storms. And by the way, some storms are going to be rough. But God's praying for us. 
What a wonderful thought to know that he's praying for us. You know, isn't it interesting that the very thing which the disciples feared, that storm, that's what brought Jesus very close to them. It's an amazing thing. I don't know about you, but God can do things in my life in the middle of the storm that, you know, just don't happen when the water's calm. He gets my attention in the storm. And isn't it a wonderful thing to know that God uses storms for our good and His glory? You say, wow, how, how can that be? Faith. Just trust Him. And again, I remind you today, faith is not just believing in spite of evidence. It's simply obeying in spite of the consequences or the storms that come into our lives. So, see, Peter had a serving faith, but number two, Peter had a special faith. Verse 24 says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea. It was tossed with waves. The wind was contrary. This was no small storm. And then the Bible says there, it was the fourth watch of the night, verse 25. That's somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. Now, by the way, I don't know about you, but I'm not real coherent come 3 a.m. and on, okay? So put yourself in the disciples' place. The Bible says in verse 25, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a spirit. They cried out for fear. Let's not be hard on the disciples. This storm has gone on. In the midst of it, now Jesus comes walking on the sea. And the, who is it? It's a spirit. I can identify with these disciples. When I was in Alaska, we went, we lived in Juneau, and it was a beautiful day outside. Sunshine, and there was a man who, a friend of mine who owned a boat. And by the way, that's the best way to do it. Don't own the boat yourself. Have a friend who owns the boat, okay? So he asked me, hey, do you want to go fishing? I said, yes, I'd love to go fishing. So we got in the boat. His son came with us. I don't know, he's maybe 9, 10 years old. And we went out to a place called Icy Strait. And we were fishing for Sam, and we were having a great time. It was wonderful. But I'll tell you, before we realized it, a storm came in on us, and we were going up and down on the swells, and we realized we've got to get back. We're in trouble. So he told his son, it was a, it was a boat that had a couple of steps that went down into a bottom area of the boat, which had some beds and stuff. He said to his son, he said, listen, son, he said, you go down, shut the door, go down there, and do not come out. And I'm getting really nervous when he's starting to say this to his son. He said, now, Brother Snyder, he said, over here on this side of the boat, he says, there's a bar and it's, it's bolted to the boat. He says, just stand there, bend your knees, hold on to the bar and don't let go. I'm really nervous at this point. So we take off and we head for the shore. And, you know, we're coming up over those swells and that boat comes down and it smacks on the water. And we hit the next one and it smacks on the water and it smacks on the water. About halfway back. His son came out from the bottom of the boat, and he's crying. He said, Daddy, Daddy, he says, we're going to die. We're going to die. I believed him. I thought he was right. I really did. So you see, I can identify with these disciples. I know what they were feeling. I know what they were going through. But isn't it interesting in verse 27, Jesus spake to them and said, Be of good cheer. You mean in the middle of the storms of this life, we can have a good attitude? Jesus said, be of good cheer. Why? It is I. That's why the one who just prayed for them, the one from whose love they could never be separated, the one who knew the storm would come long before it ever came, he says, it's I. And he says this, be not afraid. Wow, what words. Now, Peter, he's usually the first one to speak up. No exception here. Peter answered in verse 28 and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come to thee, unto thee on the water. 
Lord, if it's really you, can I just throw this in here this morning? If you feel God tugging on your heart about doing something for him, make sure it's him who's doing the speaking. <laughs> you, you know, I've seen and heard of a lot of Christians who kind of step out on emotion. Emotion won't get you very far. So make sure it's the Lord who is speaking to you. But here's another thing. Ask the Lord to step out and do something for him. You say, you know, you mean I'm supposed to ask the Lord, could I teach a Sunday school class? Do you mean I'm supposed to ask the Lord, would it be okay to do this in the church? Hey, watch, watch, watch. You mean it's okay to say, Lord, would you let me be a full-time missionary? How about we ask him? Because you know what he might say? He might say, come. You never know. Now, he might say, no, I've got something else for you. And if he does, guess what? Go do the something else. But let's ask the Lord, Lord, would you let me serve you? And so as he asked that question, Lord, verse 29, Jesus simply says this, come. I, I love that. I think it was just a calm, cool, come, Peter. Sure, come. And then the Bible says when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, now stop. I remind you again. I know he sinks. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to focus on this fact. He walked on the water. Now, can you, can you do something with me this morning? Some of you, this will be easy. Some of it, not so much. But can you use your sanctified imagination? What if you were Peter? How would you get out of the boat? There's a storm going on, all right? Now, I don't know about you. I, I think I'd be over here on the edge of the boat. Okay, Lord, um, let, me, let, me, let me just kind of test things out here a little bit. You know, because number one... I want to, is it going to hold me? I mean, I've never done this before. This is brand new. But I got to just be honest. Okay, I'm being transparent here this morning. I'd also, is it cold? <laughs> you know, because if I go down, I want to know. Is it going to, now listen, that comes from being in Alaska for 10 years, okay? I can tell you about cold water. I had one, one year I had a, a guy, we were teaching through the Bible and we came to baptism. We were talking about baptism and long story made short, he realized he had been saved earlier in his life, but he had never been scripturally baptized. So he comes to me and says, preacher, can I be baptized? I said, well, that would be great because we went through all of it. He understood where he was salvation-wise. And he says, now, he says, I want to get baptized in the creek behind my house. And I said, well, that's great. Yeah, we'll do it. See, this is like January or so he's asking me. And, and, and I'm saying, that'll be great. You know, I'm thinking like this spring when the ice breaks off of the creek, you know. And he says, no, preacher. He says, if I get a hole in the ice, will you baptize me? I have no idea why, but I said yes. And my, my wife began to pray, Lord, please don't let him get through the ice, okay? Now, the Lord answered my wife's prayer, I will tell you, but he was out there with a digging iron trying to get through. He was out with a chainsaw, he said, trying to cut a hole in the ice. But you understand, it had been 40 below zero, so this ice was way thick, all right? Praise the Lord, it was a good thing. But I will tell you that when springtime came and the ice broke off of that creek behind his house, he came back, preacher, can you, we do this now? It's time to get baptized. I said, all right, we'll do it. And amazingly, there were three other people in the church who also wanted to be baptized. I said, now you can, you can wait a little bit. I mean, the Lord says get baptized right away, but just, no, they're good, let's do it. I said, praise the Lord, let's go. And we, <laughs> we got there just for fun because I wanted to know what the water temperature was. I put a thermometer in the water. The water itself was 35 degrees. I'm telling you, I got in there, and we baptized them one at a time. And it was amazing, I got to tell you, because 
every single one that I, when I took them down under the water and brought them back up, the same expression on their face when they came out. <laughs> I'm just thankful none of them had a heart attack. I'm, I'm telling you, all right? And by the way, Pastor, if you ever try that, I'm just going to give you this piece of advice. Four is the limit because after the fourth one, I couldn't feel my legs anymore. They were completely numb, all right? So you understand, I think, why I'd be on the edge of the boat checking out the water, you know, is it cold? But now listen, use your sanctified imagination. This is Peter. I think Peter says, okay, Lord, I'm coming. And he just, out he goes. I think that's what he did. Now, now, now think about this. What do you do, what do you think about when you're walking on water? I don't know. I've never done it. But, but you know, watch. I know Peter wasn't doing this. Whew, man, look at me. I'm good. You know, I've been practicing this for a while. I'm really good at this walking on the water. No, he wasn't saying that. Here's what he was saying. Wow, look at what the Lord's doing. I can't do this. This is, this is beyond me. I've never done anything like this. Wow, the Lord is doing a miracle right here. But have you ever thought about the disciples that are back in the boat? You ever thought about what they're saying and what they're thinking? Some of them are back there saying, yeah, there goes Peter again, that fanatic. <laughs> he must be an independent Baptist or something, you know. He's just jumping out. He's going to get himself in trouble. There he goes. <laughs> ever think about Simon the Zealot? He's, he's back there fight, saying, fight them. Fight, fight those waves, Peter. You can, you can beat it. You can do this. And then um, Judas. Remember, he's the one that held the bag. He had the money. He's thinking, you know what? I can just move Peter's share of the money into my column because he's going to drown anyways. It don't matter. I'll, I'll just keep what was well, his, and nobody will ever know. <laughs> and uh, how about Thomas? Can you hear him? He says, I doubt that he'll make it. I doubt that he'll make it. I don't think it's going to happen, you know. But, but can, you, can you hear the other disciples? I think there's some disciples back there in the boat saying, why didn't I ask to go with Peter? I, I could be out there with him. We could be walking on the water together to go to Jesus, but I've missed my opportunity. I've missed my chance. Hey, listen, let me ask you this. Where are you in this story? spiritually speaking. You know, I, I hate to tell you this, but there's a lot of Christians, they're still back on the shore. They, they've never even gotten on board with the Lord Jesus Christ. They've never gotten in the boat. Can I encourage you, if that's you this morning, get on board with Jesus Christ. Get in the boat. This whole missions thing is not just something pastor or I made up prior to this Sunday. This is a command that's been given to us by Jesus Christ himself to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Get on board with Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm going to assume that mostly everybody here today, you would say, hey, I'm on board. I'm in the boat with Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That's a wonderful thing. But you know what? There might be some that the Lord's speaking to you today. And he's saying, come. He's asking you to do something that's beyond yourself, something that you cannot do. You say, preacher, there, there's just no way. You know, I, I think about... That whole idea of, of surrendering to missions and being a missionary. How, how could, you know, this is the only place I've ever known in my life. This is the only uh, food I've ever really eaten is North Carolina food, you know. I, I'd have to learn some other language if I went to some other place. And boy, especially if you go to Alabama, there's a whole other language to learn. I, I got to get a passport to go to, how, how would I get all of this stuff taken care of? Can I remind you this morning that when it comes to following the call of Jesus Christ into missions, it's not about what you or I can do. It's about what he wants to do through us. It's us simply saying to him, yes, Lord, I'm coming. And we step out of the boat and say, Lord, you got to do something here that I cannot do. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of those disciples back in the boat saying, boy, I sure wish I would have asked if I could go. Wow. Now, I, I know I've got to pick up here and continue on. I have, I have a lot of fun with this, but, you know, think about this. I, I know what happens next, and I promised you we'd get back to it. His faith, it falters. Verse 30 says, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And the Bible says this, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. I love that part because the Bible says beginning to sink. I'm just stubborn enough. I'd probably wait till the water got right about here before I called out. Not Peter. He knew he was in trouble. He called out. The Bible says beginning to sink. Don't you love verse 31? And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. I'm glad that Jesus didn't stand there with his arms folded, looking down at Peter while he's sinking and said to him, you dummy, if you just would have listened to me, this would have turned out so. No, immediately he reaches forth his hand and pulls him up. Hey, Jesus Christ is never more than one call away. You say, what happens if I step out for the Lord? What happens if I surrender to him to do this or to do that for him, to be a missionary, and I mess up? Call out to the Lord. Immediately, no. Hey, he will be there to pick you up and to give you what you need to continue on. Perhaps as we put the emphasis on missions, praying, giving, going, Perhaps you say, you know what, I've kind of faltered in this area. I've kind of fell behind. I've kind of not done what I've told the Lord I would do in these areas. Can I say this? Refocus on your example, the Lord Jesus Christ. Be looking unto him, not on the storm, but looking unto Jesus. Remember, number two, it's God's strength that is made perfect through our weakness. It's when we think we can do it, we get ourselves into trouble because we can't. It's his strength through our weakness, 2 Corinthians 12. And number three, realize it's his work, not ours. Philippians 1, 6, we can be confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, he will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. You say, I, I don't know, how, how, how could I have a special faith? By focusing on what we're focusing on today, realize that faith is not just believing in spite of evidence. It's simply obeying in spite of consequences. Let's finish this up. Number three, Peter's saving faith. He had a serving faith. He had a special faith. He had a saving faith. Turn with me to John chapter number six. And as you're turning there, I'll remind you that the context of John six is the same context as Matthew 14. Uh, in John 6, beginning in verse number 5, we have the story of the feeding of the 5,000. After that, we have the story of Jesus walking on the water. And then Jesus uses the context here, especially with the bread, to, to preach a message about the fact that he is the bread of life. And as he preaches that, there's many reactions to it. Look with me, beginning in verse number 66 of John chapter number 6. The Bible says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, We also go away? Watch, here's Peter. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Can I say, Peter hit the nail on the head. Amen. He got it right. There's times I know Peter would be open mouth, insert foot, okay? Sometimes, sometimes with him and sometimes with me, it's open mouth, change feet, okay? 
but not this time. Peter got it right. He said, Lord, there's nobody else to turn to. When, when, when he asked the question, hey, are you guys going to go away too? Some of the disciples had already done that, verse 66. And by the way, verses 70 and 71 talk about how Judas Iscariot would go away soon. But Peter says, Lord, verse 68, who else are we going to go to? We've got nobody else that we can turn to. You're the one who has the words of eternal life. Verse 69, he says, we believe. He says, Lord, we are sure that you're the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Amen. Now, there's a couple things I want to emphasize here. and We'll be through. First of all, watch this. What Peter said is true. Jesus is the only way of eternal life. And I don't know where you are in your Christian walk. Can I, can I, in in your, the, the walk of this life, it's Christmas time. And it's already been mentioned about the gift of God. It's an unspeakable gift. It's an amazing gift. Yes, he, he says, I've given you my son, my only begotten son, that if you'll believe on him, you will have eternal life. Amen. Oh, dear friend, I, I don't know where you are in your journey in this life. <laughs> but if there's never been a time when you've called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, today is the day of your salvation. Amen. Because I'm asking, I'm pleading with you today to come to Jesus. Just like Peter said, Jesus said to Peter, come. You realize Jesus is saying to you today, come. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There are so many people today who are heavy laden, and they are laboring for their salvation. Maybe that's you. I talk to a lot of people about salvation. I ask them, hey, are you saved? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, how do you know you're a Christian? Well, I'm a good person. I'm working for this thing. I'm sure I'm going to get there someday. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh, my. You realize that if we try to work for our salvation... It's really like slapping Jesus Christ in the face and saying, what you did on the cross is not good enough. I've got to help you with this. No, it's no longer a gift if we try to pay for it or work for it. It's a gift because he says it's already paid for. The question is, have you ever received that gift of salvation that he offers? You say, oh, well, preacher, I've been baptized. Not of works. You say, oh, preacher, and I get this one a lot. Well, I'm Catholic. Or I'm Presbyterian. Yeah. Or I'm Lutheran. Yeah. yeah, I talk to some really crazy people. I'm Independent Baptist. <laughs> hey, listen, it has nothing to do with a religion and has everything to do with a relationship to Jesus Christ. Do you know him as your personal Savior today? Oh, dear friend, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I invite you to pay attention to the words of Peter. He had a saving faith, and he had no trouble proclaiming to the world who his faith was in, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christian, what about you? You say, well, yeah, I have a saving faith. Praise the Lord. Are you publicly professing that saving faith in the way that you should? You see, Peter didn't bother him. He's going to tell whoever listened. And by the way, even today, we're still hearing of his public profession of faith right. in Jesus Christ. Right. Hey, you and I, we need to be doing everything we possibly can to tell others about the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, about that free gift that he has paid for. 
We need to be faithful servants of Jesus Christ. He said, well, preacher, you know, man, that just sounds like such a big job and getting the gospel to the whole world. How, how can we do such a thing? Only by faith. And one more time, can I remind you this morning, faith is not just believing in spite of evidence. It's just simply us obeying in spite of the consequences. Are we willing to do what Peter did? Do we have a serving faith? Whatever it is that God says to do, we say, Lord, I'm there. And we're obedient to him. Do we have a special faith that when he speaks to us and says, come, that we're willing to get out of the boat Go to him. Do whatever it is he asks us to do. And Do we have a saving faith? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If not, would you come to him today? He is calling for you. Christian, you say, yes, God saved me. And you can look back to that day when you called upon his name for salvation and you received him. What about it? Are you publicly professing him as you should? Would you stand with me? Heads bowed, eyes closed. and. Would you think about Peter's example of faith with me today? Would you consider how he was willing to do whatever it was that Jesus said to do, even though he didn't really realize how it could even happen? He'd never walked on the water before, but he was told to come, so he did. This invitation today is a twofold invitation. Here's the two things that I really would ask you to focus on today. If you're here today and you don't know for sure that if you were to die that you'd be on your way to heaven, you don't know for sure that you are saved, that you are a Christian, here's what I want you to do. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and I I did that because I'm not looking to embarrass anyone, but I want to make it easy for you to come to Jesus today. This front pew to my right, to your left, it is completely empty. If you're here today and you want to know more about being saved or you're not sure that you're saved, would you come right now and just come sit on this front pew to my right, to your left. You say, what happens if I do that? Somebody's going to come alongside of you and they're going to show you from the Bible how you can receive Jesus Christ today to know for sure that if you were to die that you'd be on your way to heaven. Here's the second part of our invitation. Christian, Do you have the serving faith that you need to have? Maybe there's those basic everyday things that we as Christians are supposed to do that you've been kind of slacking on. Maybe just kind of getting behind a little bit. Maybe just kind of forsaking some things. Maybe this would be a good time to say, Lord, help me to have a serving faith. Maybe it's that special faith. Maybe God's speaking to you today about serving Him in some very special way. I I pray that God's speaking to some hearts right now about full-time missionary service because the laborers are few and the fields are white. How about it? Are you willing to step out, Christian? And then what about that saving faith? Are you publicly professing Jesus Christ as you should? As the pianist continues to play, would you take this time and pray? pastor will come in just a moment. He'll close out the invitation as God directs him. And until he does, you take time and talk with the Lord. Great message this morning. We say it often, my belief affects my behavior. If what you believe does not affect how you behave, you really don't believe it. So you say, well, I believe Jesus is the Savior, then it ought to change the way you live. 
right? If you're a truly born again Christian, it'll change the way you live. If you believe in missions, it'll change the way you live, right? So if you've never trusted him as your savior, it'd be a good morning. I'll do it next week. May not be a next week, right? I'll do it next year. Come to the end of the year, 2024 is going to be my year to get saved, born again. May not get there. Today's the day of salvation. If God's speaking to your heart, maybe it's about missions. Just move. Move. I want to be like Peter. A lot of times we'll say, I don't want to be like Peter. I do. He didn't say, well, now, Lord, now, you know, if it's you, bid me come. He said, come. What did Peter do? Went. Well, I don't know. I'm going to have to examine this thing. Let... No, he just went. Some of you need to learn how to go, right? Just do it, man. I mean, just, yeah, but what if it doesn't work out? But what if it does? We always look at the what if the not, what if it does, right? What's interesting to me, preacher, is a lot of times when the Lord did some amazing things, it was Peter and James and John, right? I mean, it's like those three, the three musketeers, when God was going to do some pretty round transfiguration, it was those guys. When Jesus went a little farther to pray, they went farther than the others, but here, all of a sudden, it was just Peter. And I bet, like you said, James and John were like, we should have went, right? Never going to have that opportunity ever again to step out of the boat like Peter did. So what's your moment? God's, what's God speaking to you about this morning? Just get out of the boat. Just get out of the boat. Father, thank you for the great message. Help us to stretch our faith. God, we need you. We need you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray.